Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lads to Dads. This week, we're joined by Paul Spence of the Paul Brain Injury Charity. Um, Hello, Paul. How are you? Hello, good, thank you. Now, we're both from the same city. I don't know if you're originally from Hull, but um, yeah, I used to live in Hull, was brought up in Hull and and, yeah, moved away. But yeah, it's nice to meet somebody who's, you know, from the same city and everything else like that. I have them on the show every now and again. So, so Paul, I'd like to start from where everything began. So could you you just maybe start from the beginning and and go from there, really? Yeah, yeah, sure. So I'm going to take you back uh, 10 years to 2012. Um, a little bit about myself, uh, who I was and the life that I was living at that time. Um, I, I'm a father of two and two wonderful children, Shannon and Reese, and about 12, 13 at the time. So both very cheeky. Um, but, you know, we have a good family life out on days out and lots of activities. Uh, I've got a partner, Gemma. We've been together about 10 years. The next step for us is marriage. I'm an electrical engineer. I've been at the same company since I was 16 years old. Yeah. As an apprentice, um, I'm running sites. I've worked my way up uh, you know, through that electrical engineer apprenticeship. And I'm running sites up to 20 lads, managing 20 lads on site electricians and up to the million pound contracts. I love that. I love my job. Yeah, I'm good at it. I'm working you know, and, and well paid. So I thought that'd be my job for life, to be honest with you. And work hard, play hard. I'm out with the boys on the weekend, obviously. So I've got. I'm, I'm in a good place in life, family life, um, work life, social life. It's not perfect. No, life's not perfect. But I've worked hard to be where I am, and I'm and I'm relatively happy. Yeah. And then there was a day, an incident that would change my life forever. And I went out on a on a bank holiday weekend to the local pub. We've been down to this pub, you know, thousands of times. And it was bank holiday, so it was really busy. And I went in the pub and, and actually met some friends and, and they, 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 was, they was finishing their drinks. And I said, we're leaving. I said, no, I just need the loo. So I went through the crowds to the toilet and unbeknownst to my friends and unbeknownst to me, obviously, I just walked in. There was some friction with some lads at the other end of the bar. Yeah. And I went into the toilet, all hell broke loose. There was stools getting thrown, lots of fighting. Some lads got glassed in the leg. You know, it was horrific. Yeah. And I was completely oblivious. I, I was in the I was in the toilet. And um, one of the people who started this fight walked into the toilet as I was walking out of the cubicle. And I was looking down, doing my buttons up, and he hit me, uppercutted me for, yeah. for no reason at all. Uh, one punch, didn't see it coming, uh, landed heavy, flew back, and I hit my head on the ceramic floor right. in the toilets. Yeah, uh, That was likened to two snooker balls smashing together 
from the people that was in the toilets. They were obviously frightened about what had happened. This person ran off and I was uh, out cold. Yeah. Um, blood coming out of my ears and uh, so making some some sort of uh, some distressing noises apparently. Yeah. So, you know, um, and I was blue-lighted to Hull Royal Infirmary with, uh, with suspected brain trauma. Right, yeah. Uh, upon uh, upon um, admittance at Hull Royal, I had some scans done, which did uh, show that I'd had a frontal lobe brain hemorrhage. Right. Uh, my, my brain was bleeding. Uh, on the lobe. frontal lobe's at the front, uh, just behind your skull. It's the largest lobe of your brain, it's responsible for your personality, cognitive function, yeah, I've, I, you know, I've, um, and I know it's obviously not, not the same, but the everybody nowadays watches, you know, documentaries and things on on serial killers and all these things, and they say a lot of that is due to lack of empathy from from the yeah. frontal brain. Um, so, so did did you have any sort of issues with with empathy and things like that after that, or did it affect your personality? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, I mean, so I was. I was admitted I was I was unconscious for a while and then I woke up to my dad's delight who was sat bedside just after a few days and actually I went straight into a seizure mm. and in made some horrific noises and my dad actually thought I was dying which you know obviously so traumatic for my dad and for all of my family and I was taken to ICU um, intensive care so I was there for for again another few days thankfully uh, pulled through yeah. and I was I was I was well enough to go back to neurosurgical ward. And I stayed there for about another six weeks. Yeah. Uh, and and as I as I did sort of start to sit up, the lights were on, but there was no one really home. Mm. You know, I was um, a shadow of my former self. Didn't really engage in a lot of conversation. I just, I had a speech impediment, and um, really the memory challenges. Um, I, you know, I struggled to understand the world. If I'm honest with you, as you know, and, and I, I was a real basic model of my former self yeah Um. so cognitively i was struggling i couldn't it's not like you can articulate all your challenges yeah you're just having to live it day by day and people are obviously recognizing this and you know and to a certain degree i, I it was all right, all right for me i knew something was wrong but I, I was poorly but i didn't necessarily know what was i couldn't see the bigger picture due to yeah. lack of insight and my family could you know, they saw the true impact of that injury and they were frightened for my future. Hmm. Uh, I had some fantastic care at Hurroyd Infirmary uh, and then I was discharged and I was able to go home. But actually it was when I, when I was discharged that the real struggle began. Yeah. You know, my family were told I would have a, a two to three year recovery and at the end I would never be the same. There would, right. be, lasting, there would be lasting damage. Um, but they're that not must... sure. Sorry, go, go ahead, sorry. But they're not sure as to how anyone will recover because every brain, every brain injury survivor recovers differently. Yeah. So there are, there are no answers, no real answers as to how, how anyone will recover. There's so many factors as to how you recover. Obviously, biology, genetics, and then the, uh, how you uh, manage your recovery journey. Mm. All, all, all really matters. And 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 my family wasn't trained to support someone with an acquired brain injury. They didn't even know what an acquired brain injury was. You know. Yeah. And I guess you've got, I, I mean, we, I've been introduced to you through, through my mum who's recently had a brain, um, a bleed on the brain. And uh, it's, it must have been twice as difficult for you because my, my mum's just 
came out of nowhere and you know she wasn't in the she wasn't in the right categories of people to to have that you know she doesn't smoke she doesn't really drink that often and everything else but with with you you've I guess you've got to deal also with the fact that this has been caused by someone else you know somebody else's stupid you know actions and that must have been tricky to deal with too I think yeah absolutely Matthew I think um it was again it was hard for my family Mm. they were really angry about what you know I would sustain this injury they could see that I, I, I was um not well at all and my function um, was so basic and to be told that I would never be the same. You know, mm. it's heartbreaking for my kids and where's active dad, the man that we depend on. My Gemma, my partner was looking at me and I've just sort of sat there staring into space. Yeah. You know, I used to pace up and down in, in, the, in the lounge and around the house, rubbing my hands together. I didn't leave the house alone for four months because I was just too confused. Mm. Um, so it, it, it affected everybody. I was at the centre of a ripple and it went out affecting everything and everybody in, in such a negative way. Uh, at, at this time, I never really thought about what had happened to me. I don't think I could um, process that information. Just really, I mean, people talked about it around me, but I wasn't sound of man, so I didn't compute it in the in the same way you would have done if you was. If that yeah. makes sense. Uh, it's, and, and to be honest with you, it's, I don't think you could, you can't manage it if if you could process it and you, and you're so vulnerable, it'd probably crush you. So it's probably a good job that you that you cannot. Yeah, uh, but I used to say to my brother, I'm one of I'm one of five siblings, and actually in the end, I had to say to my brothers and some of my friends and my dad, you need to stop getting angry around me because it's sort of draining me. I can feel your vibration almost, mm. and I know you mean well, but it's t- it tires me out. Yeah, that level level of intensity and that sort of ag- aggravation in your voice. For someone affected by a brain injury who was struggling with neuro fatigue. And just understanding the world, it, it it wasn't good for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I've noticed this in in my mum as well. Is that she's she's much more sensitive to 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 even if I'm speaking loudly or you know there's yeah. there's a lot of talking or and and she's obviously tired all the time and she's she's back at work now. But she's um yeah she's just it, these little bits you know she forgets things. She'll she'll ring me up and say about something she talked about two you know two days ago or whatever and I, I originally I sort of was a bit like yeah I know mum you've told me or yeah I know that and then I realized actually that's probably not great for her to hear so I just sort of now you know pretend that it's the first time she's, she's yeah, said yeah, it yeah. um yeah. so yeah I know I know that obviously it affects family members as well and it can it can be frustrating but at the same time once you get to understand it and and thanks to your your charity, the you know my mum sent me across a lot of information on how it affects people, and and is that sort of where what inspired you to go down this route setting up the charity because there wasn't much help out there or information? Yeah, I, so I, I'd received fantastic support from Hull Royal, and then I was fortunate I had a neuropsychologist um, for my rehabilitation for two years. Um, that was one hour a week and then one hour a month as I got further into recovery. The rest of the time, I was out, you know, just in, in the community struggling, really, to be honest, Matthew. I was, um, my relationship was was struggling. Uh, the, the, the injury robbed the connection between Gemma and I. I. I was just sort of different. Any sort of love and affections wasn't there. I didn't feel any emotion to anything or anybody, which was really hard for my family to see. 
um, especially my children and, and my siblings. I'd been a very caring person, pre-brain injury, thoughtful. And you can see a lot of that in people's eyes and the, it's the characteristics of the facial expressions and things and the way the one, you know, our personality and, and our identity is formed and people understand who we are and all that was very different. And um, I... I, I, I was I went I went back to work after about eight months, but neuropsychologist said we're not sure you'll be able to do the job due to the wide range of knowledge that you need to know, and also you need you need a good memory because you need to make sure you're tearing things off as an electrician. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're not sure you got to go back and just try, um, and then social circles faltered. You know I'm, I'm really blessed with amazing friends, but you certainly get to find out who your friends are when you're going through something like this. And financially, I was struggling. And, and so during the first year of recovery, to be honest with you, I had this lack of insight, but I was, I was slowly getting more and more awareness, almost like a dimmer switch being switched on. And that was, that was recovery, that was repair. I'm thankful for that. Not everyone gets that, unfortunately. It depends on the severity of the injury. Um, the only consequence of that was, was depression. Mm. I, I started to see, it was about nine, nine months around, and, and I started to see just how much this injury had blown my life to pieces. Again, I think if you could see it in early recovery, it's it sends you insane. I yeah. think it's good that it's, it happens slowly. It's like a drip feeding you more awareness. Um, but it is it is depression. A lot of brain injury survivors do struggle with depression at some point during the recovery, further on, you know, typically. Um, and obviously, I, I decided to think about my future and what I was going to do. But there was nowhere for me to go, nowhere in the community to go and seek support, sit with other people, and talk about my, my, my challenges and my losses, you know, and my frustrations, and it didn't help, it really never. Now, what I had been good at doing, just intuitively, was helping myself in terms of uh, my lifestyle, so I I adopted a really good lifestyle in terms of the gym, Mm -hmm. um, healthy lifestyle choices in in terms of nutrition, with food, and and sleep, and resting. Um, When I did suffer with depression, it took a while this one but reluctantly I did access some mental health support my brother actually helped me do that um, once I did change my life you know massive yeah. mental health advocate and you know if you are struggling please do get some support it, it was life-changing for me and without that I would never be doing the things that, that I'm doing now so well, well, that's you know, what this podcast is all about really it came from you know me and my friend going through quite a dep- depressive stages in our lives right at the time when we just had kids when we should be the happiest and we were sort of there on the phone to each other all the time and uh, and talking we thought there must be other fellas out there feeling like this maybe we'll you know put it across but put it across in our way you know the way lads talk rather than and you know showing that it's good to talk and showing Absolutely. that actually like you say we're just human beings are just plants aren't they what we need is good sunlight good you know I know plants don't run around but exercise good sunlight <laughs> yeah, yeah good food Absolutely. you yeah. know you st- yeah. if you stick if you stick kitchen oil in your in your car it's not going to work is it same way as if you stick booze in you and everything else like that all the yeah. time you you're not going to work yeah. properly so yeah yeah that's yeah all these things hydration i was trying to focus on what my brain needed to to function well and yeah. obviously mental health is then you know a product of your brain function really you know mm. and what the physical processes that are going on within the brain what you're feeding your brain, the environment you're in, the rest, restful states, all this is, is influencing your neurochemistry, which then influences your mental health. 
And for me, I sort of learned a bit about the brain and sort of think that the brain's not talked about enough in terms of mental health. Mm. I think there's a huge gap there, if I'm honest with you, but I could talk to you about that all day, so I need to get off that one. Um, I do a lot of a lot of the work we do with the charity is about education around the brain and the physical processes that are going on that you can have an influence over to support your mental health. Yeah. So, you know, it's maybe a conversation for another day. But um, so I was going through, through covering nowhere to go. Um, I was employing good lifestyle choices. I, I was using coping strategies to help me. So I was different and I had to go through this journey of acceptance and, and having to use coping strategies, lists, reminders, alarms, um, talking more openly to people, which actually really helped, you know, and people were never going to understand this injury unless I, I told them and told them how I was feeling and what I was struggling with. But actually, when I was communicating, my life just became easier. Yeah. I wasn't having to face things on my own. I wasn't limiting myself to anything. And I, and I almost I had to learn to live vulnerably, I had to go out in the community, uh, vulnerable. I was a vulnerable man. Um, and, you know, there's a choice. I either stay in and don't do anything and live life, or I go out there and I am vulnerable and sort of hold my hands out and say, I'm, 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 maybe I'm struggling with this, or can you help me? And actually, people are wonderful. If you just let them know and let them in, yeah. the, the giving of the community and people, there is a real understanding there. It's there. Yeah. And I, I felt it. I, you know, I felt that. I sort of let ego go, let pride go, because vulnerability, vulnerability... You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ability and ego 
do they don't go? They don't go together. You cannot have an ego and be and be vulnerable. Well, so, I think it's one of our biggest flaws in it as men is, is ego. Like it's 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 yeah. not a good. Like, I, I, I've I've heard the phrase um, "your ego is not your amigo," and it's like it really in you know you know. Yeah, it's, no. I, I, I let go. I let that go years ago, and actually learned to live vulnerably, learned to live uncomfortably, but just opened out and just spoke to people and, and communicated well. Look after my health. Look after my brain health in terms of exercise and nutrition, all these different things. I set myself some some goals which were really healthy. Um, during a really negative recovery, set myself some short term goals and long term goals. One of them was getting in Men's Health magazine, which I achieved. And that was through hard work in the gym and being consistent. I ran a half marathon on the year of the first year after the injury. I wanted to put to bed what had happened to me, my family and I, and, and um, create new memories because I was struggling with my memory at the time and cognitive function. Create new memories, put to bed what happened to me, and raise some money for um, Hullwood Infirmary Neuro Award. And 70 friends got involved in that run, which is just truly amazing. These people don't run for, um, run for a bus. You know, so the fact that they was all out there training to run for this half marathon and fundraising, we raised 17 and a half grand for that one um, to say thank you for saving my life and the excellent care they've provided. And then at the two-year mark of recovery, I I had some testing with neuropsychology. I got up to three days at work. I was struggling, to be honest, Matthew. I was just struggling with um, remembering things. I was struggling. I was forgetting my tools. I remember, you know, I'd been the strongest link at work and I'd been good to the lads and, and they looked after me. They did look after me. Um, but I was hiding behind them, really. And it's not me as a person. And my, my, I had some tests done, which deemed key attributes I needed for that job. I was unlikely to get better at. And neuropsychologist said, you need to leave. And the gaffer, I went to the gaffer. He said, stay. The lad, they thought of a lot of, the, the company thinks a lot of you. The lads will look after you. But I couldn't be behind them. And so I said, no, I need to go. Yeah. I was frightened. I was really frightened. You know, electrics is all I'd ever known from being 16 years old. Um, but it was a daily reminder of the injury and what it had done to me. So I, need, I knew I needed to go and start a new career. I wasn't sure what that was going to be. Obviously, I was a brain injured man. I had my deficits in terms of cognitive function, memory challenges. So, you know, it was, it was a big challenge. Um, and... Uh, I was I was at home after that, and that's in the community again. So two years later, I've been through a depression, been through it, sort of adapting. Like Gemma had moved out at this point. The relationship had crumbled, and Gemma had, had moved. And so I thought, again, I was sat at home, and I thought, what am I going to do with my life? And there's nowhere to go again for someone who's had a brain injury. You know, you have a cold for five days, you're fed up. Yeah. Or you have a, a pot on your arm for six weeks and you're fed up. You imagine two years and this, this brain is still there. It's very much part of your life. It's not going away. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a lot to deal with. And, and I thought about the support. At that time, we'd raised, an, we'd raised another eight grand for Hull Royal, which was all well and good. But actually, I thought where the money's needed is in the community. Yeah. It needs a, a point of access where people can go and seek support. And um, I did a timeline, like a recovery timeline of my injury I sort of had a lot of time because I was at home alone and I started writing about how it was to live with a brain injury ways in which I was acting in early recovery which I couldn't articulate at the time I was making sense of this damaged brain it's difficult but I understood what was good for me and what wasn't and I thought I could be a voice for others yeah well, everyone recovers differently and we are unique in our own right, but there are a lot of common challenges with brain injury, which I sort of thought maybe other people might like to hear this or family 
family members might like to hear this to support their loved one better. And it took me, it took me weeks, in fact, months to just to do this timeline. It was on Facebook. And there were sort of notes all over my, my house and my family would come around and say, Paul, you need to get yourself a little job. I think well, they thought I'd lost it, to be honest with you. And I'd taken the, the pretty picture down in the living room, what Gemma had up, and I put this whiteboard up and I'd yeah. got all over it. And, you know, I could see why they was worried looking back, but I knew I just had, I just knew I needed to do this. And it took me ages. I did, did it, published it. And then people started messaging me, saying, will you come and see my mum? Will you come and see my dad? Will you come and see my gran, my brother, my sister? So I was actively going out and, and yeah. sitting with people in the community. I mean, it was a bit dodgy looking back. I was just going on the bus and knocking on doors. Yeah, yeah. It could have been anybody, but when I sat with brain injury survivors, they looked and they could see it and they said, you get it? And I said, yeah. They said, yeah. nobody does. My family don't understand. And I said, well, they're not going to. It's such a unique injury. But they needed to hear that from somebody because I think it had been causing friction or certainly had been causing friction with certain family units. And, yeah. and I, I, I could sometimes some people didn't have access to a neuropsychologist. So some of the common challenges of brain injury, which I'd learned some coping strategies from man, I could sort of pass on some suggestions and then maybe could tailor that suggestion to, to suit them yeah. and, and needs. And then the family members would say, oh, he's doing this or oh, she's doing that. Will you come back and see you next week? And so, you know, it, I was going into schools talking about the one punch, it ruins lives, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, I was I just sort of embarked on this new world, really, to be honest with you. And I'd said, I'd, unknowingly, only when I look back do I know now, but I'd said to myself, I'll do anything to make this work. Mm. I literally have done anything in terms of push myself physically and mentally and, you know, in so many situations, Matthew. But actually what I didn't realise at the time either was that it was going to completely enrich my own life and my recovery. Yeah, push my boundaries, um, to you know, to, with that passion to support others, and actually, I was going to be a beneficiary in return. I never, I didn't, I didn't have any clue about that at the time. And no. um, I went, I went to see the NHS, the local NHS, the CCG, and it took me months to see the the, the sort of chief officer. And I went in, and I said, look, the service for the for people affected by brain injuries, are poor. And she they said, oh, we're going to, what, what, what do you suggest? Well, I said, I'm doing something, but I need a place where people can come along and support each other. You know, I'm mean, like you to help me with that. I said, okay, go away, get a business plan and come back. I, I confidently said, I will. Yeah. Walked out and thought, I don't have no idea what a business plan is. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I really never had a clue. I was an electrician for 16 years. I don't know what a business plan was. And, but I was passionate and I went out and, and thankfully met the right people to support me. With that, it's amazing when you do, when you seem to be on a journey in life and you're really passionate and you're putting yourself out there in the right places and it's working hard. You get to meet people. It's almost like life, and people talk about the universe rewarding you and all this sort of stuff. But it was almost like the Truman Show for me sometimes, yeah. where I thought someone was going to jump out and say it's all set up because there was <laughs> need someone or something. And I, these people would come into my life. I'd meet them through with somebody else. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny isn't it how, how like you say it is really it's like the universe falls into place for you and and if you find your right calling and what what you're meant to do in life then all the pieces fall into place for you don't they so spooky. Yeah. it was yeah. it was spooky, spooky and um when, so i got the met some fantastic business people who helped me um and we 
took the business plan back to the NHS and then they provided us a space at the Wilberforce Health Centre. So in 2016, we opened the first community-based brain recovery centre in our city, obviously a momentous day on my journey, but more importantly for the people of Hull and East Riding that it would save. Yeah. Uh, and I've assembled some trustees who were really just my cleverest friends. Um, yeah. We were good at business and we're good at finance and and uh, good at marketing and, and things like that. Um, and they give up their time, you know, and they, they were out of the depth, you know, they, really. There was just, they didn't know our trustee necessarily was, but they were willing to um, research and educate themselves on what they needed to, to who they needed to be, yeah, you know, to, to meet to, to meet this need for me and and to sort of just to to create the charity. We became UK registered thanks to a local solicitor, uh, Neil Hudgel, who supported us, and just family, friends, and kind-hearted members of the public had all sort of been there from the start. Businesses were coming on board. The NHS was on board, and it was just this snowball, you know. Yeah, we opened we opened our door and a. A brain injury case manager volunteered for a time, which was fantastic for us in terms of our early development. And now we're we're six years on. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's been I know that it's been invaluable for for my mum. You know, from from a personal point of view, I can see that it's been you know invaluable for for her and the work that you do to to help because, like you say, there's not there's not always a lot of people out there. I mean, yeah, she gets sent people from the hospital who, you know, do the cognitive tests. And, you know, I think she was a bit, they said about the food she needs to eat and stuff like this. And she was a little bit sort of rolling her eyes about that and things like this. But she said, but actually the the help of, of the understanding of, of, you know, you and your organisation is what's really helped. And she said on, a, I said to her, you know, look, you've been a nurse all your life and and you've done all this, but I can see you're not really like massively, you know, I, I think, why don't you, you know, look at something else that, you know, you're going to enjoy now because she's not on the A&E, A&E wards anymore and, and everything else. And, you know, I think she's always said, oh, well, I'd love to get, you know, involved in help in some sort of way with, with the Paul, you know, the Paul charity. So yeah. it's... Um, Hopefully. Yeah, I keep saying so. I keep saying we should should ask you should go go ahead and say yeah yeah. But let me just sort of work out at the first and all this type of stuff. And but uh, so yeah, I know that she's almost become very passionate about what what you do, and you know because it's helped her so much. So it just shows what a you know like I say what what great things you do in the community for people. Um, I know that we're coming to the end because I'm far too tight to pay for a paid Zoom uh, subscription. Um, <laughs> I should have. I should have. Um... Zoomed you. Oh you right, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I just, I just wanted people to really know where they can go to see, uh, you know, to, you know, your website and and how people can, if they need, you know, help from from you. How? Yeah, it's self defense. It's just at Paul P A U L Paul for Brain Recovery Paul actually, the charity registration is an acronym. It's Positivity Awareness Understanding and Love for right. Brain. Recovery, actually, that was it. Was just what I was doing in the community at the time when we came to register the charity. My mum and my sister said, "What are you going to call it?" And I said, oh, "I don't know. I never thought of it." And they said, "What is it you're doing?" So I said, "Well, I'm doing this." And there's lots of words, but those words you know, really stood out for us. And so Paul for Brain um, came to be. Um, people can self-refer. We have consultants that are referring to us now: neurosurgeons, doctors, nurses. We have nurse champions on the wards at Hull Royal Infirmary and at Castle Hill Rehabilitation. 
you know, we, we've got strong links with all the uh, healthcare professionals in the city, um, social services, etc. I just want to help, you know, anybody affected by acquired brain injury. There is an acquired brain injury every 90 seconds in the UK. They're a lot more prevalent than what you might think. Um, and, you know, survivors uh, understand the difficulties, which is why, you know, you spoke about your mum there being passionate, because it is, it is such a difficult injury to recover from. And so they'll understand that, um, that other people need support. And a lot of our community come together and support each other, you know, peer support. It's, it's, it's so amazing to see. I had a, we've, a couple of 20-year-olds um, who we've supported for about the last six years, and there's a new 20-year-old recently who's had a brain injury. He's only a year into recovery and he's struggling, and the, the, the other guys got around him yesterday. It was so powerful to see that, you know, and, and to see where he, they know where he's at and sharing their lived experiences to make him feel a little bit better and that there, there is hope uh, yeah. for the future, you know, so... Yeah, we do lots of other. We have lots of other services, social activities, health and well-being, family support, one-to-one group education, advocacy. You know, we want people to just live a happy, meaningful life after brain injury. Um, like I said, I could, if I'm honest, Matthew, I could talk all day about it, and you know, some of the things that I've gone on to do in terms of fundraising and things, and run 35 marathons now to support the charity. So, well, I did notice you. You were. Are you? Are you going to be doing the Boston Marathon? soon is it yeah Boston marathon coming yeah. up soon yeah yeah, yeah good in, luck with it. that yeah no thanks so much like i say i push my limits and prepared to do anything it takes i think when you say that to yourself and you're committed to doing that your life will change dramatically Definitely. and it's like your you know your i don't like to say journey but you know the uh it's your your, your it's very inspiring for you know people as well you yourself i mean to go from where you was to now running all of these marathons and you know that keeping fit and yeah. just shows that you know it's not not the not the end of everything for people when they you know if, if you get through it and you you know you like you say like yourself you've you find that spot and, and yeah absolutely yeah i think even you know facing adversity it has to be brain injury necessarily but any adversity in life we've all got challenges in life I think if you know you look after yourself in a health perspective, in a health perspective, and you reach out for support when you need it, then you know you really can go on to, to achieve anything. And if it's a change of career, yeah. or you know just trying to develop yourself, learn new skills, um, you know anything really is possible if you're willing to put the work in. You know I'm running a team of seven here, and I never imagined that I would be working with the NHS. And we've actually just been speaking to Hull University about some work with the nutrition and dietetics team there uh, you know i was on site with the lads for 16 years believe you me the language on site with the lads is very different to the language yeah. that i speak to. and i had to develop all these new sort of that understanding and these new skills but if you're willing if you're prepared to do anything it takes to make it work yeah well well yeah and i know all about that that whole language thing because i went i went the opposite way around when i first left uh uni I, I got a job in sort of corporate finance and it was really sort of stiff and and uh it, it's very okay. sort of and I and uh, I hated it really and then I now work off offshore um on the wind farms and and, and doing doing that and completely different environment you know everybody obviously swears like sailors you know it's just like and, <laughs> and you can just be yourself so it's like yeah, yeah I completely understand it from the other way around really so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, well, thanks for sharing with me anyway, Paul, and, and hopefully we can, you know, I'll put this out. It'll be on Spotify and um, YouTube and, and uh, Apple Podcasts and, and things like that. So 
it, hopefully get get the word out a bit more as well. Uh, not that you need it, uh, you're doing a great job, obviously. So it's uh, yeah. But thank you, thanks very much. No, no, it's a pleasure, and thank you for the opportunity. We do need to raise as much awareness as we can. We are a, a small charity, so you know we don't have a huge marketing budget. So any way that we can raise awareness, if anyone can help us with that, any listeners, then we'd appreciate it. And I just want to say thank you to everyone who's been part of the journey and helped in some way. You know, from, from the, anything. From, from small to, to large bits, that's all um, helped us develop. We are very thankful. And without your support, we wouldn't be where we are today. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. Cheers. Thanks, Matthew. Take care and all the best to you, Mum. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care, mate. See you later. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.